This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. Philippians chapter 2, this morning, Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the title of today's message in our United series, Jesus Christ. Christ is Lord, and we're in Philippians chapter 2, but last week we took a look at the mind of Christ. We talked about uh, how having the mind of Christ is exemplified by Christ-like humility, how Christ showed his mind by demonstrating humility, that the one who was equal with God took on the form of a servant, and that took humility like we have never seen before. And never will see again. And I'm not going to belabor that point, but that is an amazing point that Jesus Christ, God, became human flesh. And this beautiful passage beginning back in verse 5 is a theological declaration of the church and it should be consistently declared from our church. But this passage that we read here in Philippians chapter 2 perfectly illustrates the words of Jesus back in Luke chapter 14. And it says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And I love the way that the principles of Scripture, one of the, one of the reasons why we can say the Bible is true is the principles of Scripture are seen later on in Scripture. So we see a biblical principle, we see it played out in Scripture, and I love how we see that principle given in Luke chapter 14, and then we see it again here in Philippians chapter 2. We, see, we saw the humility of Christ last Sunday, and this week we're going to look at his exaltation and the exaltation as Christ. Luke chapter 14 verse 11 is true, and if we want to see a true example of it, it's in Jesus Christ himself. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. We'll begin in verse 9 in our reading this morning, but the Bible simply says this, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's going to be an abbreviated message on purpose today. We have a video we're going to show at the end. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday today, and uh, all, all of the saved people are pulling for the Eagles, probably. And um, if you're a part of the evil empire, you're pulling for the Patriots. But uh, we're going to show a video at the end. And so I'm going to keep it brief today on purpose. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for our church, God, no matter, the, uh, no matter the ups, no matter the downs, God, no matter the trials, no matter the wins, no matter the losses, uh, God, I, I thank you for our church and where you have us. God, I pray that you would be with your word today, God. I pray that we would listen intently, learn from your word, God, that you would teach me as I give your word. God, I pray that today your word would reign supreme, uh, remove my opinions, uh, remove my personality, and let your word shine through this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Very quickly, uh, jumping right in this morning, I want to look at two elements of this passage. The first element is uh, his exalted position, the exalted 
position that we notice here in verse 9. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him. Notice the language here. Wherefore, God exalted him. Wherefore, God exalted him. If we look back at the previous verses that we studied last week, we see that he humbled himself, Jesus did, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself, but then God exalted him. Humility is our job. Exaltation is God's job. Humility is our, our job. Exaltation is his job. If we look back at the verse that we mentioned earlier in Luke chapter 14, the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And I've often been told this. My dad used to tell me this as a kid. He used to say, son, you better, I would rather you humble yourself than God have to humble you. I'd rather you humble yourself than God have to humble you. And I think we may have all been in those times of life where you're like, okay, God, you're humbling me, okay? I get it, I get it. It's far better for me to humble myself. Jesus humbled himself. You remember his words, not my will, but thy will be done. Humbling himself and becoming obedient unto death. The one who humbles himself will be exalted. Over and over in Scripture we find, we are told that we are to humble ourselves. And then over and over in Scripture we are given the hope that God will lift us up. And that Christ will exalt us in due time. And he certainly does. I love this, that he is highly exalted. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. He was not simply exalted. He was highly exalted. He was exalted to a place that was all his own. He was exalted to a place that no one had ever been exalted to before. That phrase literally means to be super elevated. God exalted Jesus. No one else has ever been or will ever, will ever be exalted like God exalted his son. And if you think through the elements of the crucifixion, we have Jesus beaten, bruised, bloody, not even recognizable on a cross. And while that was going on, the ultimate humility, stripped of his clothes, stripped of his dignity, not even being able to be recognized, as he hung on that cross, ultimate humility. What was going on at that exact time? God, after he turned his back, had to turn his back, he turned and exalted his son. In the ultimate form of humility, we see God exalting Jesus, highly exalting him. And, and, and we'll get to more of that as we go on. But it wasn't just, hey, good job, Jesus. It was a super exaltation. It was a super elevated position that he was exalted to. But what's in a name? What's in a name? What was he? Uh, it was giving him a name that's above every name. Right? Giving him a name that's above every name. Was that name Jesus? And I'll argue this morning, and I'm not, this is, this is uh, interpretation here. I will argue this morning that Jesus was not the name that was exalted. Because Jesus was the name of the God man who came to earth, born in a stable, born in a manger, lived as a carpenter. The very humble beginning was the name Jesus. But if we continue reading the rest of the passage, I believe that this, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Is Lord. That name that is above every name is Jesus Christ, the Lord. The Lord. 
God declared that His Son Jesus was the Lord of the universe. And if you just think about that, that word Lord, if, if you're lording over someone, you are in complete control and you have 100% control over that circumstance or, or that, that position, that is what Jesus was given by the Father. So He humbled Himself and became obedient to die on a cross. And He was highly exalted to the position of Lord. And let me just say this, that is a theological truth that we need not gloss over. Jesus Christ was, is not just an idea. He's not just, it's not just an event that took place. He is Lord. And I think sometimes there's been some false teaching in the past that says, hey, you're not truly a Christian until Jesus is Lord over every little area of your life. And raise your hand in here if Jesus is completely Lord over every area of your life. None of us. Right, so I'm not, this isn't false teaching, but the teaching of the Lordship of Christ is so biblical. Jesus Christ is Lord, and He ought to be the Lord over every single facet of your life, over everything. We should not, I'll use this word because men do it, uh, men, men are horrible at this. We should not compartmentalize Jesus. We should not compartmentalize Jesus. Men are very good at this. Hey, listen, I'm struggling. Say my relationship at home is struggling in my marriage. As a man, typically, men are like, okay, I'm struggling at home. Compartmentalize, get in the car, I'm going to work. And they leave it all behind and they go to work and they have a great day at work and no one knows that anything is going on because typically men are able to compartmentalize. Sometimes I feel like we do that with Jesus. And we're like, oh man, you version Bible app, we're reading the Bible together, sweet. I'm going to go to my Jesus time, man, I'm going to pray a little bit, I'm going to read God's word, I'm going to comment maybe on that, man, that's really good, but now it's time to go to work and I'm going to compartmentalize, okay, I'm out of Jesus time and now I'm my time, or now I'm work time, or now I'm family time. No, Jesus is Lord, and Jesus as Lord in your life ought to be Jesus as your Lord at work. And He ought to be your Lord at family time. And He ought to be your Lord in your marriage. And He ought to be your Lord at, 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 when, when you're uh, out having fun, doing your hobbies, whatever you do. He ought to be Lord 24-7. And sometimes we get caught in the trap of compartmentalizing Jesus. We don't give Him... He, he's not going to be a Lord over my, uh, my, my financial decisions. That's up to me. He's not going to be the Lord over my checkbook. He's not going to be the Lord over my decisions on my vehicles. He's not going to be the Lord over the decisions of where we move. We compartmentalize Him. And it's Sunday morning worship, praise the Lord for that. And we come to church and we maybe go to connect group or, or we, like I said, we have our Bible time, but then we move on. And Jesus as Lord in our lives, we never move on from it. Jesus is Lord in our lives all the time. 24-7 because God highly exalted him and gave him that name and that name was Jesus Christ the Lord. Jonathan Edwards said this, said this, Christ was willing to make others more important than himself and now God has made Christ eternally more important than anyone else. Think about that phrase, that statement. Christ was willing to make others more important than himself now God has made Christ eternally more important than anyone else. I'm not going to tell you uh, today, uh, I'm not going to argue the, 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 
the, the Godhead of Jesus and then his human attributes. But at the end of the day, Jesus was willing to take on the cross. I'm not going to argue with you today of whether his, his deity would overtake that no matter what his, his humanity wanted. That's not we're here, what we're here to argue today. But all that to say, Jesus was willing to take the wrath. Jesus was willing to humble himself. And God has made Christ eternally more important as a result. Isaiah chapter 43 Verse 23 tells us that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say in the Lord, in the Lord have I righteousness and strength. The Lord, that name, we serve the King of kings and we serve the Lord of lords. The wicked may advance, the forces of evil may think they have won, but we serve the one who lords over everything that goes on in this world. Hey, and your circumstances may be bad this morning, and their sickness might be uh, ravaging through your family, there might be financial woes, there might be relationship problems, but let me say this this morning, you serve the Lord over every single one of those circumstances. It doesn't matter how bad it seems or how bad it looks, you serve the Lord. And I think sometimes, I know I'm guilty of this, I grew up in church, and I just use that statement, the Lord. Yeah, the Lord's been good. Oh yeah, the Lord, the one who is over everything, the one who controls everything that's going on, He is good. The Lord is good. Uh, don't get so, uh, let's not get so routine in this that we don't understand that we serve Jesus Christ the Lord. We serve the one who presides over the court. We serve the one who holds eternity in the palm of his hand. The Lord Jesus Christ. It's been said that the name of Jesus, the name the Lord is profanity to the sinner, but it's heaven's password to the saint. That name, Jesus Christ, the Lord. And this morning, I don't know where you're at with the, the thought of Jesus Christ being your Lord. But I will say this, if you're a true believer, believer and you're a child of God and you're a Christian this morning, you ought to continually be surrendering to His Lordship. You ought to continue surrendering to His Lordship. I'm not telling you that every little area of your life is under His Lordship. I'm telling you that we ought to be continually surrendering, surrendering, surrendering. Because God exalted Him and gave Him a name above every name. And that name is Jesus Christ, the Lord. The Lord this morning. We see His exalted position, but secondly, this morning we see His adoration and confession. There in verse 10, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The natural response to Jesus being declared the Lord is that we adore Him and that we bow before Him and exalt Him as King just like the Christmas song encourages us to do. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. The Lord. Let us adore Him. It's a natural response. True worship and adoration takes the posture of the bowed knee. 
Hey, worship is not look at me, look at me. Worship is a bowed knee. And that rhymed and I didn't realize it was going to. But worship is not look at me. Worship is a bowed knee. And it really is. It's not about look at me. It's about woe is me. I am undone. Look at him. Look at the Lord. Bowing the knee is an act of reverence and respect and submission to the person in whose presence we drop to our knees. When's the last time we physically, physically drop to our knees, showing a posture of worship and adoration to God? Taking the time to say, I'm low, I must decrease. You must increase. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, look at him. Look at him. Can your imagination picture him? Behold his transcendent glory. The majesty of kings is swallowed up. The pomp of empires dissolves like the white mist of the morning before the sun. The brightness of assembled armies is eclipsed. He in himself is brighter than the sun. More terrible than armies with banners. In heaven, in earth, in hell, all knees bend before him. Every tongue confesses that he is God. If not now, yet in the time that is to come, this shall be carried out. That every creature of God's making shall acknowledge his Son to be God over all, blessed forever. Amen. Think about that. Think about the God that we serve, the holiness of God. Think about it this morning. And when we see Him for who He is, we will never be the same. If we see God as a holy God, the holy and just God who, who could not look upon the sin that Jesus became on the cross, hey, guess what? When we see God like that, hey, we'll bow that knee. We'll bow that knee. We'll admit our sin. We'll beg for forgiveness for our sin. When we see Him as righteous and, and unwavering and, and loving and gracious, hey, we'll, we'll bow that knee in, in, in adoration and, and worship. I want to encourage you, if you do not, I want to encourage you to have times of worship, man. Sometimes in my car, man, it gets going. It gets thick. I can't sing a lick. But man, I think I can when I'm in my car by myself. And I'll turn on a song, man. I, you know, we, I work with, with, uh, with Bruce and some of the others, and we're sending the songs back and forth sometimes. And man, I'll find a song, and I, I, I know I'm speeding or something, or I'm running off the road. But man, I get in those moments. And you know what? That ought to be regular. Hey, I've got some go-to songs. I've got a Sunday morning playlist that I go to, and it gets me amped man it gets me ready to go and we need those times i want to encourage you parents please we can keep this in the, in, in the in the podcast i don't care don't just let your kids feast on character building christian songs i'm all for building character within our kids I'm all for your kids waking up on when you tell them to and obeying when you tell them to do it and i'm all for your kids learn how to eat broccoli Okay, I'm all for that. I'm all for your kids. I'm all for character building. But please don't let your kids grow up and graduate from high school and not 
worship Jesus and not sing songs about Jesus and not sing songs about the crucified and risen Savior. It's so important. I, before I want my kids to obey me, I want my kids to love and worship Jesus. Because if my kids love and worship Jesus and adore Him, they're going to obey me. They're going to obey me. When the inside's right, the outside will get right. And so we're, we're so guilty of cleaning up the outside. And that inside is filthy. Man, I want my kids inside out. I want my kids worshiping inside out. Adoring Him when we see Him for who He is. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, For we preach not ourselves, but we preach Jesus Christ the Lord, and ourselves your servants for His sake. That's who we're preaching. That's who we're lifting up today. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. That's who we're lifting up. And there are two, two parts to this response. We have the bowing of our knee in worship and adoration to the King. But then we have confessing with our mouth that He is who He says He is. And that is the Lord of creation. We have the bowing our knee in humility, but we have the confessing with our mouth and belief. Just like Romans 10 verse 9 tells us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. This is the picture of salvation. Salvation is simply this. Repent and believe. That's salvation. Here it is. Repent. Bow the knee. I would get down further, but I'm not sure if I can get back up. Repent. Bow the knee. Confess that He is Lord. Believe. That is salvation. It's a perfect picture of the gospel. In order to be saved, one must truly bow the knee and repent. And then one must truly confess. We see it right here in Philippians chapter 2 that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow repentance. And verse 11, that every tongue should confess belief. It's the gospel wrapped up in this passage. To confess that Jesus is Lord in this context, in this day and age, was not only to confess that Jesus Christ was Lord, but it was to confess that Caesar was not Lord. And that human kings and princes were not Lord. And that resulted in many being persecuted for their faith and, and some even killed. But those who confessed Jesus as Lord may have lost on this earth, but they gained heaven. And they never regretted it. We hear the stories of the martyrs and, and books have been written of, the, of those that have given their life for the faith. And, and men, it may have been bad on this earth for them, but heaven was gained. The bowing of the knee, the confessing with our mouth the Lord Jesus. And by the way, if you've had a true experience with Jesus Christ, it should not be difficult to confess with your mouth. It shouldn't be difficult. Hey, when someone asks you how your day is going, man, don't, don't give... Don't, give opportunities away when someone says how your day how's your day going your response to be man god has been good god's been good to me today man the lord is really working in my life i mean it should be it should roll off our tongues that's a great way of spreading the good news of jesus christ at your job without being that guy or that girl without being that person hey how's your day man you know what it's been a, it's been rough i'll be honest with you but you know what the lord's seeing me through god's really god's really been good it's a way we ought to be confessing with our mouth. I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for the day when we will hear every person confess with their mouth. 
Hey, it'll be, it'll be too late for many people, but we're going to hear every murderer, every God denier, every atheist, every blasphemer, every sinner that has ever walked the face of this earth, one day will humbly bow their knee before the Lord of the universe and say, you were right, I was wrong. You're the Lord of all creation. I'm a dirty sinner. Every single person will declare that. And I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for the day when, when, when I'm able to see him face to face. But I can't wait for the day when those that have denied him and, and spit on his name and cursed him will have to declare the same thing, that he is Lord. It's with that final point in mind that I want to challenge you with this. Either you can bow your knee, repent, and confess that Jesus is Lord, believe, while you still have time on this earth. Or, one day, you will bow your knee, and you will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But unfortunately, it will be after your eternal fate has already been sealed. And you say, Josh, it's the first Sunday without a first-time guest. We're all family here. I get that. But for 19 years, I was a pastor's son under preaching all the time, and I had not done this. I had a form of godliness, but I was not, I had never truly bowed my knee and truly confessed him to be Lord. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to beg you, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, to make today the day when you bow your knee, repent, and confess that he is Lord, believe. What a day. Super Bowl Sunday. Man, that would be a great day for you to, to, to eternally seal your fate declaring that He is Lord. But as a Christian, and I'm assuming that the majority of us in here are Christians, believers that have accepted Christ, I want to encourage you to take these past two Sundays. If you were there last Sunday and this Sunday. Verses 5 through 11 in Philippians chapter 2. Take these steps for these passages. Number one, commit, try to commit this passage to memory. I don't think we do enough scripture memory. I know I don't. I, I'm very uh, scattered in my, in my thinking a lot of times, and Google has made it worse because I don't have to store information in my brain anymore because I can just get it on my phone. And so we don't do really well sometimes at memorizing. I want to encourage you, this passage of scripture, beginning at verse 5, is a great passage of scripture to memorize. Commit it to memory. Maybe do it as a family. But memorize this passage because the, these are verses that are so doctrinally sound and saturated, yet so practical. And that's number two. Emulate this passage in your life. Remember, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Having the mind of Christ, what does that look like? who being in the form of God, thought not robbery would be equal, equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. A humble servant. Emulate this passage in your life. Hey, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to serve other people. Tomorrow when you go to work, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to serve other people. So commit the passage to memory Emulate this passage in your life. 
And then the third encouragement this morning for the Christian is to share the message or the truth of this passage with the lost. Share this. Listen, this is the greatest news. This is the greatest news that has ever been given. That Jesus Christ humbled himself, became a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and that he died on that cross for your sins and for my sins. The greatest news you could ever hear is that God exalted him and gave him that name, Jesus Christ is Lord, and gave him a name above every name this morning. And that's the greatest news that's ever been written. Let's share that news with somebody. Hey, that person that's struggling at work, when they reach out to you privately, you're on lunch and they reach out to you privately, take the conversation to Jesus. Take it to Jesus. Because we can take them to Philippians chapter 2 and we can show them the character of God, the character of Jesus right here in this passage. This is an extremely important passage. If we put it in context this morning, just remember this is Paul writing from prison. He is at the latter stages of his life. And he is not, he is not simply giving an encouraging letter to the, the, the church of Philippi. He is giving them sound doctrine. And man, it is so beneficial. It is so beneficial for us. Doctrine and encouragement. Philippians chapter 2. It's what it is. I want to beg you this morning to commit the passage to memory, to emulate this passage in your life, to share the truth of this passage with the lost. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.com. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.